Service from the sermon series Community, spoken by Pastor Peter on. Kids, I got another assignment for you today. If you sense, because we know the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, if you sense the Holy Spirit speaking to you about something or anything, just yell out Amen. All right, because I love hearing the amens. If you sense anything that I'm saying that resonates with you, just say amen, okay? Is that a good assignment for all of us? I think we'll have a lot of fun, okay. Well, today we conclude our community series, and on Easter Sunday, we launched this series to really talk about the different aspects of community. And the older I get, and the older you get, you realize how important it is to have deep, profound relationships in your life. Intimacy is a word we don't like to hear, particularly if you are a man. We don't like this idea of being intimate with one another. And I think when we're in our 20s and 30s, we're able to like not really think about community because we're too busy trying to fulfill the things that our ego tells us to fulfill. And so we're focused on that on our 20s and 30s. But when you start to hit your 40s and your 50s, you start to realize, oh no, the, the, whatever the ego told me to live for is really not worth it because what I really long for is community because God created us for it. God created you and I for community. He created you and designed you in such a way where you and I would be able to live in relationships with one another. That's not superficial, but that's actually deep and substantive. That's what God longs for. And so today I get to conclude this series and I'm gonna talk to you about one of the key aspects of community is actually serving together in the church. If you wanna build community, if you wanna experience community, we have to be willing to serve this church in a way and we're gonna be able to do that, all right? Listen, um, God has blessed each and every one of us with his love, his grace, and his mercy. Theologically, the Bible teaches us that the greatest community that you can experience is not outside the church, but it's actually in the church. The reason why is because Jesus is the head of the church. Can I get an amen? amen. Come on, kids, one more time. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Jesus is the head of the church. So what that means is that the church community is by far the greatest community that you and I have the potential to experience it. We really do. Now, I know it doesn't happen in all churches, but what you need to realize is that the church community is the place where you and I can encounter deep, intimate relationships with one another because Jesus is at the head Amazing. of that community. And how we get there, as we conclude this, I'm glad that we saved this for the last, is that we're not gonna do it unless you and I are willing to serve the church. We need to have the posture of Jesus. Now, our culture today, and even the Christian culture, many of us, we come in church and we often have the posture of, I want to be served. Jesus doesn't want us to have that posture. He would rather have the posture of, you should say, I want to serve rather than be served. Look at what Jesus says in Mark 10, 45. Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus, our King, he says, I didn't come here to be served. If anyone should have the posture that, want, that should want to be served, it should be Jesus. He said, I didn't come here to be served, but I came here to serve. What did Jesus, or what does Jesus know about serving that you and I have often forgotten? What does Jesus know about serving that you and I desperately need to know today? Today, if you just let me, we're gonna talk about what is the purpose of serving in the church? What is the purpose of serving in the church? A lot of us would say, well, the church, 
Ministry needs to be done. There's a lot of work to be done. We got to set up the church. We need people to sing up here, all that stuff. There's a lot of work to be done. That's the purpose of serving. No, it's not. It's actually not. And in fact, there is a deep, robust theology in serving. The word serving in the Greek New Testament, it literally means to minister to. To minister to. When you and I choose to serve in this church, what we're choosing to do is to minister to one another. That is what we do. And when we do that, why wouldn't we be a church of, that has deep community with one another? So what is the purpose of serving in the church today? That's what I want to talk to you about. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to 1 Peter 4, verses 10 through 11. This is going to be our main text, all right? Verses 10 through 11. 1 Peter 4, verses 10 through 11. In verse 10, it says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of God. Let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer. So God, we come to you right now, and we ask that you would really speak to us through this text. And Lord, would you teach us what you know about serving? Because I think a lot of us forget and as a result of that, we don't live a life of service, but rather we rather would live a life where others would serve us. That was never your posture, and it was never the posture you wanted your followers to have. So God, I pray that the words that come out of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts in this room, I pray that it would indeed be pleasing unto you. And it's in your name that we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. Oh, you guys are lively today. I love it. Thank you, kids. All right, what is the purpose of serving in the church? What is the purpose? So when we think about serving in the church, what I want you to think about is simply this. Really, when you decide to serve in the church, what you're doing is you're building the kingdom of God. That's what you're doing. You are building God's kingdom. And that is why it's important to be serving in the church. Because if Jesus is the head of the church, then when we serve in the church, we're actually building the kingdom of God. Now, having established that, what is the purpose of serving in the church? The first purpose of you and I serving in the church is to use our spiritual gifts as good stewards. It's to use our spiritual gifts as good stewards. Look at verse 10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you know that God has given you a spiritual gift? And some of you, you have many gifts. Every single one of us, if you have said yes to Jesus Christ, meaning that you believe in him, you surrender your life to his lordship, we all have spiritual gifts that God has given to us. And you ever thought about how do we live in relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? How do we truly live in relationship with the Holy Spirit? I want you to see what Paul teaches us here in Romans chapter 7, verse 6. Please turn there with me, Romans 7, 6. Look at what Paul says when we serve. What does it mean when we serve and what happens to us really in a theological sense? Verse 6, but now we have been released from the law, for we died to it and no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law. Now I think a lot of us, when you serve, you serve this way. You serve the old way of obeying the letter of the law. You do it out of obligation. But here's what Paul says. But in the new way of living in the spirit. I love that. When you and I choose to serve God in the church, what we are doing is we are living in the spirit. The Holy Spirit. You ever want to get to know the third person of the Godhead? The Holy Spirit is often the forgotten God, isn't he? 
A lot of us, we know the Holy Spirit by name, but you don't really know him with your heart and your soul. And I think it's almost spiritual malpractice that you're not living in the spirit because when you have the spirit in your life, he will guide you, direct you, he'll bless you. And one of the best ways in how we can live in the spirit, according to the apostle Peter and apostle Paul, is when we choose to serve Jesus. It's one of the best ways. Do you know what today is? If you look at the Christian calendar, some of you might know. What is today? Today is the day of Pentecost. We celebrate Pentecost. What is Pentecost? When you read the books of Acts, the first chapter of Acts, what you find is that the Holy Spirit fell on the disciples. They fell on the, the Holy Spirit just descended upon the disciples in such a way that they started speaking in other foreign languages that they never knew how to speak. It's like me speaking Spanish. I don't know how to speak. I know some Spanish words like some curse words especially, but I know some words, but I, know how, I don't know how to speak Spanish, all right, or Greek or things like that. I mean, I study Greek in the New Testament, but the Koine Greek is not the Greek that you speak today here today in modern Greek language, all right? But like these disciples were speaking all these foreign languages. Some of them were speaking in tongues, which is, which is an unknown language. And as people were seeing and hearing this and witnessing what was happening, they said that they're drunk. These guys must be drunk. There's something going on with these folks. But what happened when they received the spirit like that? What happened when they were living in the spirit? Were they just in their homes and they just wanted to be served? No. Every single one of them went out and they served. They did ministry because serving is ministering to the people of God. And if you and I want to live in the spirit, if we ever want to live in the spirit, try serving in the church because when you serve, you're actually ministering to God's people. It's a beautiful thing. And so I want to encourage you. Now, some of you are saying, well, you know what? I don't really know my spiritual gifts, Peter. That's okay. Do you want to know the best way for you to learn what your spiritual gifts are? Start serving. Give it a shot. Try it out. All right? Some of us, if I'm going to be honest, you want to make sure that every decision you make is perfect. No, it's not. I learned my spiritual gifts not by, like, taking a test. I learned it by just serving in different ministries and figuring out, like, what was going on. Let me just share with you. When I was growing up, I was, like, I was serving in the church when I was in high school. But when I graduated college, I served on the worship ministry. I served on the prayer ministry. I served in the youth ministry. I was a teacher in the youth group. I was also serving in the small groups ministry. I did all those. I was, I was a pastor's dream come true because I love serving the church. But that's how I learned what my spiritual gifts really are. And so I want to just encourage you. It's about getting in the game. It really is about getting in the game and figuring out where has God really wired you. It's far easier for God to steer a moving car than a parked car. God wants you to move. He wants you to start serving. Now, some of you here, you, know, you, you might know your spiritual gift, and you're saying, well, I will never serve in another ministry but this particular ministry. And I think you got to just have some discernment there. And because you got to work in concert with the ministry leaders, because if the ministry leaders don't feel like you're ready to be on the ministry, then you shouldn't say, well, then I'm not going to serve in any other ministry. No, there's so many ministries to be involved in, to connect with. I think it would be really great for you to really be open to being open to serving. Because when you serve in the church, theologically what's happening there is you're actually living in the Holy Spirit. You're living with the Spirit, 
All right, my good friend Greg Jackson, pastor in Hackensack, he said this a few weeks ago. Uh, we went to a national day of prayer together. And he said this, and I just loved it. And I said this a few weeks ago, but it's bare repeating again. He says, if you think serving is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. If you think serving is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. If you ever want to be a leader in any kind of place where you're leading your organization, leading your home, anything like that, you got to first take a posture of a servant and wanting to serve rather than wanting to be served. We live in the spirit, in the Holy Spirit, when we choose to serve God in the church. Now, I know that for some of you, you come to this church because you were so burnt out at your previous church. I get that. I really do. And I've heard people say a lot of times, well, we're here, we'll eventually serve, but we just need to rest. We're here to rest for a season. I get that too, totally get that. But how long do seasons last, Metro? Think about it. Thank God we live in New Jersey. There are four seasons that we get to live in, right? How long is a season? Three, four months, max? That's usually about a season here. What I want to say to you is simply this. If you're resting for a season and it's longer than four months, folks, that's not a season. That's a habit. And you gotta, we got to reverse that habit. you got to get back into serving so that you can live in the spirit. God wants you to be a good steward of the gifts, the spiritual gifts he's given to you. Because if you don't, he may question if you really believe in him or not. There is unfortunate, some real, not unfortunate, but there's some powerful passages in scripture that teach us what happens when we decide to opt out of using our spiritual gifts to blessing God and God's people. Remember the parable of the talents? When the master gave the, parent, the, the, the servants a bunch of talents and the first two decided to go and really invest and use them really well. But what did the last servant do, remember? He hid it, he dug a hole and he hid it in the dirt and he put it over and that was it. And then when the master came back, he dug it back up and he gave it back to the master. And what did the master say? Do you remember what he said to him? He said, you wicked and lazy servant. How dare you do that? And then he put him, he sent him to a place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus shares in John, he says, listen, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you don't bear good fruit, my father will break the branch. God has given you spiritual gifts. Why were you using it to minister to his people? When you do that, you're living in the spirit. Some of you long to live in the spirit, but if you're not using it to minister to the people of God, you're not glorifying God. So I hope that you will begin to live in the spirit. Be a good steward. God's giving you gifts. Be a good steward of those gifts. Amen? Amen. Amen. Second purpose of why you and I should be serving in the church is so that we can encounter God's strength. This is the coolest part, to encounter God's strength. Verse 11a, 11a. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. I love what the author is saying here. He's saying that when you choose to serve God in the church, you will be given God's strength. You would be able to encounter, God will supply you with all the strength you need to serve. 
When was the last time you encountered the strength of God? I do believe you pray for God's strength. You pray that maybe he'll heal you of certain diseases or family members that you love. You pray that God's strength will open up opportunities for work and different things like that. Some of you pray for different things, but you, wanna, you want God's strength to really come into play into your life. One of the best ways in how you and I can encounter the strength of God is by serving. Peter says, God will supply you with all the strength you need. And I do think, again, it's spiritual malpractice when you are not encountering the strength of God regularly in your life. Because when you can encounter the strength of God, it happens to the Holy Spirit, it changes you deep from within. And we're able to build community. When we choose to minister to each other and we allow God's strength to take over, how can we not experience community when we are serving God together like that? When we are serving together out of a posture of God's strength and not ours necessarily. It's a beautiful place to be. Community is truly built. How are you and I able to truly uh, experience God's strength as you and I choose to serve in the church? Deuteronomy 10.12 really teaches us the posture that he longs for. Look at what it says in Deuteronomy 10.12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? He requires only that you fear the Lord your God and live in a way that pleases him. And then he says, and love him and serve him with all your heart and soul. That's the posture. Do you want to encounter God's strength? How are you and I to serve him? With all of your heart and soul. When you serve God with all of your heart and soul, you will encounter God's strength in your life. That's why God wants you to serve. That's why he wants you to exercise your spiritual gifts. Because when you do that, you encounter the strength of God. And I don't know if it's worth living a Christian life when you're not living under the strength of Jesus Christ. Some of you may not know this, it may come as a shocker to you, but I don't have the natural gift of communication. It's just not a gift of mine, it's not. And the reason why I know that is because when I was in college, I got a C minus in my communications class, all right? It was, I'm not proud of it, but it's just a reality. And I think that professor graded me properly. I'm not a natural communicator. I get nervous when I come up and speak to a large group of people. Even now, even though I've been doing this for the past 18 years, it's hard for me. It's, I struggle with it. I still remember when I graduated college, my campus ministry asked me to come and they asked me to preach. And I was excited. I said, sure, I'll give it a shot. I've never preached before. And so I remember just working really hard on my sermon, right? And I felt like it'd be a real good thing for me to fast the entire day before I would go and preach, right? So that God could really use me. And so I decided to do that. I went to work. I worked all day. I was so hungry. By the time I got to school and I was sitting upstairs and we're getting ready to start the service, man, I was so nervous. So my stomach was hurting because I was so nervous. But I was also, it was hurting because I was also hungry. I wasn't, I was so weak. I remember I got up there and I started preaching the sermon that I prepared. And man, I'm, I'm not, it was horrible, man. It was terrible. Like my friends, I was hoping they would support me by like paying attention. We didn't have smartphones back then. So they couldn't look at their phones, right? They just kind of looked away. Some of them I saw them falling asleep and that hurts your ego when you're preaching and somebody falls asleep. But man, I had a sister. Thank God for this good sister. She came up to me afterwards. She said, Peter, I was blessed by your sermon. But she was lying. Okay. <laughs> There's no way she was blessed by that sermon. I'm telling you, even I was bored when I was preaching it, okay? It was tough. I remember leaving school that day and I remember saying, God, thank you that I'm never going to do this again. This was a terrible experience. Absolute horrible. 
And then two years later, like God just gave me such a love for, this, for the church. I couldn't stop thinking about the church. I go to work on a Monday and all I thought about was just going to church and serving. And I just started dreaming about the church every day. And then when finally God called me to be a minister and he called me to be a pastor, I remember just kind of having a heart to heart with him. I said, God, you sure? Like, you know I'm not a good speaker. I'm not a communicator. You know I hate to study. I never really liked studying. Pastors should be studious. I said, I'm not any of that stuff. You know I really struggle with a lot of sin. I'm so broken. Like, you sure you want me to do this? And that's when God said to me, Peter, that's why I'm calling you. Because you know you don't have the strength to do this. And so because you know you don't have the strength to do this, that's when my strength will be perfected in you. You're going to rely upon my strength. You see, the bedrock verse for me when I started ministry was 2 Corinthians 12.9. Jesus tells Paul, it is only going to be in your weaknesses can my strength be perfected in you. And so what I want to encourage you is as you're thinking about potentially maybe even serving in this church, hopefully the, uh, that'll encourage you today. I want you to stretch yourself. I don't want you to pick a ministry where you only need to use your strength. Then you will never encounter God's strength. The only way you encounter God's strength is when you lack the strength to do something and you rely upon his strength. Stretch yourself a little bit. And when you encounter the strength of God using you to minister to his people, I'm telling you, it is euphoric. There's nothing like it. And what I'm so grateful of is that I've traveled all over the world. God has opened doors for me to speak all over the world, all over this country. And I'm still blown away that God could use a guy like me who is not gifted to communicate, but yet he's given me the spiritual gift to preach now as long as I depend on his strength. For many of you, it is spiritual malpractice for you not to be serving in an area where you're gonna have to rely upon God's strength. Please begin to rely upon the strength of God. The very last thing, uh, the third purpose of you and I serving in the church why we share the third purpose of why you and I should be serving in the church is to glorify God, to glorify God. 11B, then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever. When you and I serve, when we choose to serve God in the church, we're bringing glory to him. It's a beautiful thing. In fact, God has created us for community, but when we live in community, one of the best things that does that it glorifies him. When you choose to serve him, really well and you choose to serve him, want to minister to his people, we glorify God. God has created you and wired you to glorify him. And so if you're not glorifying him, you are glorifying something else. No matter what, you are glorifying something. To glorify or to glorify something is really to praise and worship. And I know you love to, we love to sing songs here. It's really important that we do that. Praise and worship is great. That's only one aspect of glorifying God. The author here is saying that when you and I choose to serve God, we are glorifying him. So who are you glorifying today if it's not God? Who are you glorifying? Because we're wired that way, so we naturally want to glorify something. For some, it might be your parents. For some, it might be your children. You are raising them up in such a way where one day they would bring you and your family much glory by the schools they graduated from, by the occupations that they have, by the people they marry, right? Who are you glorifying? Are you glorifying your job? Is that becoming more important to you than God himself? Who are you glorifying today? Are you glorifying you? Wanting to grow greater in popularity, right? 
And we can do that now because of social media. We can become overnight instant celebrities. I was so, it's so cute because we have the nursery over there. And in between service, this one little girl, she came here for the first time. She was just staring at me. And I said, yes? And she said, I saw you on TV. <laughs> and I said, oh, yeah. I was like, would you like my autograph? She said, no. <laughs> just something that feels good when somebody says, I saw you on TV. Do you like it when people see you? Do you like it when people hit the likes on your social media or the hearts on the Instagram stuff? Does it really get you excited when your followership grows? We have to be very careful that your life is not centered on glorifying yourself, but hopefully that means will help you to find, great, to find greater joy in glorifying our Lord. We were created to glorify God. And if you're not glorifying God, you're glorifying something else. And I hope that you can at least identify that today, put that to rest, and say, God, I'm going to live the rest of my life to glorify you. Because if we can do that, look what Jesus says in John chapter 12, verse 26. It's so cool. He says this, anyone who wants to serve me must follow me because my servants must be where I am. And then he says this, and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. Isn't that cool? That when you choose to serve Jesus... God the Father will honor you. I think that's just amazing. It absolutely is amazing. Jesus is the head of the church. When you and I choose to serve the church, we're choosing to serve Jesus. When we do that, God will honor you and me. He will hold you in high esteem and respect. Metro, when we glorify God in that way, then we're truly living this life that God has placed you and I to live it because we were created to glorify him. The purpose of serving in the church, the purpose of building God's kingdom here in this church is when you and I are putting ourselves in a place where we will steward the gifts in which God has given to us. When we can learn to steward that in a beautiful way, when we learn to encounter his strength as we serve him and when we glorify him as we serve in the church. Last Sunday, um, I did a sort of, during second service, I did a security walk through the church. Uh, you know, we're so grateful because many years the elder board, they, they wanted to have a, a police officer here at all times. We hired that police officer to be here the whole time. And, uh, but, you know, this building is 100,000 square feet. I don't know if you know that. It's very large. And we know that one officer is not enough. And so what we do now is we created a security protocol where uh, a pastor will walk the hallways during, uh, during a service multiple times. They'll, either, they'll walk around each room, making sure every exit doors are locked. Um, and checking in every room with the lights on, they'll put their head in the room to make sure that nobody's in that room, things like that. And so I was in charge of doing it for second service, so I, I always start this way, and I go walk on that side. And then I saw a teacher, first room I saw where there was just like teeming with life was, um, uh, was, was Janet, who was doing our Metro Tots, these little kids. And she was dancing with them and helping them worship God and doing these dancing things to make it fun. And then they started to build these blocks and toys and stuff like that. And it was just so cool to see that, see the volunteers volunteering like that. And I just saw these kids just so excited to be doing this and be worshiping God in that way. Then I walked over to Metro Kids and all of a sudden I see, I see Ana, who's our director of Metro Kids. And she had like on that Britney Spears mic on, right? And her voice sounded real nice and she was speaking so clearly, commands the attention of these little kids. Ask 
asking them every question. What I love about kids, they at least try to answer every question, even though the answer is ludicrous. They don't care. They will do it. They raise their hands, they answer. She's just having so much fun with them. And I'm seeing this with the teachers, making sure that, you know, some of the kids get a little rowdy. They got to kind of put them in their place and have them sit down so that there's some order so that the service could happen. It was just so cool to see it. I stayed there for a little while because she had that Britney Spears mic. You could hear everything. And then I see Morrisine. I didn't even know Morrisine, a part of our church. I had no idea she was serving at Metro Kids, but she had to take a child to the bathroom. And so I see her and I'm like, Morrisine, it's so great that you're doing this. I said, thank you so much that you're serving our church like this and serving the children. And then she told the little boy, go to the bathroom. I'll be waiting for you before you come. Uh, when you're done, I'll be here. Okay. And when the boy went to the bathroom, the door closed, she stood up and she said to me, Peter, I love these kids. I love serving in the children's ministry. And she says, when I go home during the week, I think about them and I can't wait to come and serve them. I was just like, my gosh, thank you. Thank you so much. Then I go up to the second floor and I go there and, and Pastor Steve and Angie Bay is there and they're teaching the kids, uh, fourth and fifth graders and the room changed. I didn't know the room changed. I stuck my head in there and all the kids saw me and I felt like I was disrupting the class. But again, they were having a good time answering questions, biblical questions, having fun. And I'm thinking, this is great. Our kids are learning. And then I go up to the third floor and about 200 feet away, I'm hearing a lot of laughing and a lot of life. I'm like, what is going on in this room? And you know, Pastor IJ was preaching last Sunday. And so I'm thinking, what's going on here? And so I go and I finally see, and I see our amazing teachers just teaching these kids. They were playing these games, having fun, and the kids were just laughing, having a great time, playing some kind of magical chairs or something like that. And they were just having the time of their life. And I just felt so cool. I was like, this is amazing to see what's going on. I did that walk a couple times around the hallway, but then I walked down here and I walked over to the gym. And I saw a little Parker, Ancy's daughter, you know, Pastor Ancy who came up here and moderated. I saw Parker over there and she was like kneeling and she was wiping down every toy because the gym is the nursery. And so she's breaking things down and then she's like kneeling. She's wiping down every toy, disinfecting every toy, putting it away one by one, just breaking this down. She's a fifth grade little girl and she's serving like that. And I remember I was so touched by it. I didn't want to bother her. But when she walked out, I looked at her and I was like, Parker, thank you so much for serving in the nursery. And I think I freaked her out because she just kind of looked at me. She said, okay, and she just walked away, right? It was a little too much of a response, but I can't tell you how blessed I was when I saw her serving like this because she was doing Deuteronomy 10, 12. She was serving with all of her heart and soul. And as a fifth grader, she got it already as a fifth grader of what it means to serve God in the church. Jesus says that when you choose to serve me in this way, my Father in heaven will honor each and every one of you. Amen. And so today I want to do something. All right, I want to do something. I think this is important. God wants to use us to honor our servants in this church. If you serve on a Sunday ministry in this church, all right, if you serve in any ministry, it could be the media ministry, could be, and media people, you need to come out for this one because I'm not going to ask you to do a slide. So you got to come out for this one. If you serve as a community group leader, if you are on the serving team for justice, advocacy, and compassion, and you are leading in that way, if you do graphics, whatever it is in terms of serving our church, and you are doing it regularly, can I just have you stand up? Please, don't be shy. Stand up. Let's go. Let's go. No, no, not yet. Don't clap. Don't clap just yet. Don't clap just Just stand on up because I want everyone... Stare at them. 
look at them for just a moment, okay? All right, all right, and so kids, you're gonna have to help us because adults struggle with this, all right? Kids, I need you to help us with this. Here's how we're gonna honor you, okay? We're gonna say this together as a church and we're not gonna say this, we're gonna shout this top of our lungs. We hold you in high regard, okay? Don't say that yet. We hold you in high regard. So kids, make sure you say it really loud so your parents will get excited to say it as well. Say it super loud, and then we're going to clap as loud as we can and shout. And if anyone can whistle really good, go for it, all right? Let's pretend the Mets are gonna win the World Series this year. Yell like that, because that'll be a miracle. I'll, I'm not even a Mets fan, but I'll shout if that happens, okay? Let's just pretend that's gonna happen, all right? So as you look at the servants in this church, Let's yell as loud as we can. We hold you in high regard and let's give a round of applause in honoring these amazing men and women who serve our church. You ready? One, two, three. We hold you in high regard. Woo! Yeah! Thank you. You may be seated, you amazing servants. And make sure you thank these folks who serve our church in that way. You want to taste the heaven here on earth? You want to experience community that this world can never experience? And maybe you've never experienced in church before? I know sometimes we think we've got to have better small groups. And we do. We need to have better of this or this and that. But one of the best ways in how we build true community is by serving together in the church. Because when we all choose to serve, we're choosing to minister to one another. And so would you do that today? God has given you spiritual gifts. Will you use it? Will you stretch yourself a little bit and let his strength take over so that you don't use yours too much and see what God can do through you? And as you do that, may you experience true peace and shalom as you glorify God, which is what you were created to do on this earth. Let's bow our heads and receive prayer. So God, I just pray that you would help our church and our community. I thank you for these amazing servants that make up our church. But I pray that the others will as well. You begin to exercise their spiritual gifts and serve in this church. And they would take that seriously, God. And so Lord, I pray that you would just be with them, guide them, bless them. May they encounter your strength. May they glorify you, and as they glorify you, God, I pray that they would sense you honoring them because they choose to serve Jesus. And so, God, just be with our church. I just pray that you would guide us and you would help us, God, to continue to be a place where community is built always and that we would experience deep community as we choose to serve you here in this church. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.